Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I am particularly excited today uh, to be with you here in the house because I, we have the privilege of one of my favorite preachers in the world uh, sharing with us today. And I'm going to ask Pastor Lisa to come as the Lord has laid a word on her heart for this morning. Uh, share with you and encourage, her, encourage your hearts today. Goodness. I don't know why he always introduces me because y'all know me, right? But anyway, it's just what we do. And I am so excited. You know what? Pastor Trey and the worship team didn't even know what I was going to preach this morning. And they have already sang about my message. And when you're coming to share a word, I'm telling you, that is exciting because you know that you have heard from the Lord. Amen. I mean, the word has already been coming forth. And, you know, they say that in your 20s, you are worried to death about what people think of you. They say in your 40s that you begin to not even care what people think about you. Holla, I'm in my 40s. And then 60, you realize nobody was thinking about you at all. So I'm in my 40s this morning. I tell you, I am feeling the presence of God. I know that I have a word from the Lord. I know that God wants to do something in this house today. And I'm telling you, I'm determined to go all the way, as the word says, if I have to go alone. But I know I'm in company this morning with people who are ready to go into the presence of the Lord. I know that I'm in company with people this morning who want to receive great things from God. Amen? Look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell them this morning, I want you to say, I'm so glad to be here today, and I'm expecting God to do great things. Who did you talk to, love? Oh, that's amazing. Sometimes when you tell people to say stuff like that, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm expecting I ain't talking to nobody because nobody looks at me. Talking to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to learn from the Old Testament account about Jehoshaphat. And I, yes, I said, Lord, you gave me one of the hardest names to say. So I hope I don't mess that name up today. But from the Old Testament account in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read about Jehoshaphat. And if you want to turn there or look at that, you'll have an opportunity later to read that whole story for yourself. But Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became uh, king of Judah. He walked in the ways of his father and he did not stray from them. The word says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. As we start to read this chapter, we start to discover that there was a multitude coming against Jehoshaphat. A large army, a multitude was coming against him. Some came and told Jehoshaphat in verse 2, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. And verse 3 says that Jehoshaphat feared. We see him there in a place where he was afraid of what was to come. He was fearful. And in those initial moments, we understand from the Word of God that he had a moment. Not only was he afraid and fearful, but he didn't know what to do initially. 
And how many of you know there are going to be times in our lives that honestly, we have moments of fear. We have moments where we are afraid of what we see in front of us. And we are going to have those moments where we just stand there and say, God, I don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? But the awesome thing about the God we serve is that he knew these moments would come. And right here in this account in the Bible, we read that the Holy Spirit spoke to Jehoshaphat in that moment of being afraid. In that moment of having fear, the Holy Spirit spoke and told him exactly what to do. When we experience moments like this in our lives, I want to tell you, if you allow him to, the Holy Spirit will guide you. I am thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I am thankful for the comfort that the Holy Spirit brings. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you what to do. But the key is that we have got to be willing to listen. We've got to be willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say, not just what we want to hear. Come on, somebody. And once the Holy Spirit speaks, then it's your part to be obedient to the word that has been spoken to you. Verse 14 in Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to read that, verses 14 and 15. This is what it says. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude that is coming against you, for the battle is not yours but God's. Skipping down to verse 17, it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, all Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Those words that we just read in that passage of Scripture, three of those words, actually it's one, two, three, four, five words, jumped out at me, and it says, position yourself, stand still, and see. Look at your neighbor and say, position yourself. That's right, y'all are with me this morning. And we also see in that same verse where God says, tomorrow, go out against them. So God says, position yourself. Stand still and see, and then he says, tomorrow, go out against them. Now, in our mindset, still, the word still a lot of times means no movement. But in the spirit, it means that by positioning ourselves, that we can stand back in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a moment where we are afraid and fearful and possibly don't even know what to do, we can stand with a stilled heart. We can stand with stilled emotions. We can stand with a steadfast and sound mind. And we can watch God fight the battle for us. It means that we are stilled because God is great and God is faithful. It means that we don't waver in our trust to God. It means that we position ourselves in the Lord and his strength. And then we will see God fight the battle. And we can go out against them, not in our strength, but in God's strength, knowing that the battle will be won. Come on, somebody. 
That's what I believe the Lord wants us to hear today, is where the Holy Spirit spoke to a man in a very fearful situation. A situation that seemed impossible with man. A situation that could have caused him a great deal of anxiety and question. But the word of the Lord came forth and told him, Jehoshaphat, position yourself. Stand still and see. I think we as Christians, certainly, if I ask you to raise your hand in this place today, if I said, how many of you want God to fight your battles for you? Absolutely. How many of you want the victory this morning? Absolutely. How many of you want God to come through in your life today? Absolutely. And certainly God does hear the prayers of those that serve him and cry out to him. But also I know that sometimes we forget that we do serve of a God who calls us to action. He calls us in the Word of God to sacrifice, and He calls us in the Word of God to be a living sacrifice. If we study the Word of God, we understand, okay, that we serve a God who could have just sat on His throne, and He could have made a lot of things happen. As a matter of fact, God did do that very thing because He spoke the entire world into existence. The creation came forth just at his voice. How powerful is that? But also we see in the word of God that we serve a suddenly God. We serve a God who shows up in the midst of. We serve a God who runs to our rescue. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a God who actively gave his life for our salvation. And when Jesus gave his life on that cross, so many things changed for you and I. It was not just a simple task of giving his life so that you could accept him as Lord and Savior, although that is our goal. We want to go to heaven, and we want to take as many people with us as we can. Amen? But we've also got to understand with the things that we face in this life, that the cross, what Jesus did for you and I on the cross had the final say. You see, when Jesus hung on that cross and his blood began to flow, one drop of his blood gave us the victory, it gave us a life of purpose, and it gave us a life of victory that we can live today on this earth. And here we hear God saying, you're in a battle. You feel that life is hard. And maybe today you're very focused right now on your difficulties. Today the Lord is saying, position yourself. Stand still and see. I truly believe that in the days to come, we're going to need to be a church and we're going to need to be a people who are positioned and ready to receive. I've said that in previous messages, and I feel it strongly in my spirit. I believe that there is revival happening today, but I believe there is an even stronger outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival that is going to take place. And I believe those who are going to experience it, those who are going to receive their miracle are going to be those who are positioned and ready to receive what God has for them. It's going to be those who have positioned themselves, who have stood still in who God is, that will see the promise. It's going to be those who truly believe the song we sang this morning, that God can do the impossible. It's going to be those that know that no matter what you're looking at this morning that is dead, that when God 
ask you to position yourself, stand still and see. You're gonna see the doors fling wide open. You're gonna see life breathed into the dead places and you're gonna see a breakthrough. Are you ready? Are you positioned? Today, I wanna remind us what those words from the Holy Spirit mean for us today in the midst of a valley that we might be walking through. What that means for us today in a dark world and how important it is for the church of today to be positioned and ready to see miracles. Position yourself, stand still and see. In Chronicles chapter 20, after the Holy Spirit spoke to uh, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was obedient. He didn't run and hide or sit back and question God. He didn't just stand in fear alone and focus on the battle. No, he focused on God. We see Jehoshaphat take his position for battle. And how many of you know today, we don't have to run and hide when the battle comes, but we can take our position on the front line of the battle in prayer. We can take our position on the front line of the battle with praise to our God. Lift your eyes to God, plant your feet firmly, and remember that God will overcome the enemy, that God has won. Jehoshaphat was afraid and fearful, but we see him take his position for battle. Verse three, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Verse 12, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord. Look down at verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Verse 20, early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. He said, listen to this, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Come on church, let's give praise to God right now because he is fighting our battles for us. And God, today we lift our eyes to you and we trust you. What does that look like for us today? It looks exactly the same. We don't have to die in the places of worry and fear and anxiety, but instead we can choose today to position ourselves to receive from the Lord. Set yourself to seek the Lord. Put your eyes on the Lord. I've had a lot of hard battles in my life. Some of, you, some of them you know about, and some of them you don't. Some of them have been between me and God. How many of you know there's battles we fight in private? There's battles we fight emotionally in our home when nobody's there and we know nobody's listening but God. And there was a certain situation that I went through and I remember a day that I found myself sitting in my car and I was crying and I was praying to God. And my prayer was simply this. I said, God, I don't wanna fear the storm. 
God, I don't want to fear the battle. I want to trust you. And how many of you know sometimes that's all you've got inside that you can do? You don't know what to do. But what you can do is position yourself to cry out to God and say, God, I'm going to choose in this moment to trust you. I'm going to choose in this moment to turn my eyes to you, Lord, because you are greater and you are bigger than any problem and anything that the enemy tries to come at me against. No matter the report. I'm telling you, if you ask him, he will help you. By positioning ourselves, we can steal our hearts and we can steal our minds and souls and watch God be God. You see, we don't have to come up with the battle strategy and we don't have to fear defeat because positioning ourselves is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness that seems to be around us. And the good news is that God has given us every tool that we need to be victorious. And I'm thankful for that. And I want to read you about some of those tools today. Powerful, powerful tools that God has given us found in Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, what does he say do? And having done all to stand, what does God say do? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. I'm telling you, your faith in God is powerful. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There it is. The tools, the armor for battle that God has given us. And you know, as Christians, a lot of times when trouble comes our way, we hear phrases like this. What in the world are we going to do? I mean, the doctor said this, the banker said this, you know, my job looks like this, my child is doing this. What in the world are we going to do? Oftentimes, darkness comes upon this world. Recently, we walked through a pandemic. None of us saw anything like that coming. And the truth is, you don't see what's coming next. And times of darkness come upon this earth, and we look at one another, and unfortunately, I've heard Christians say, how in the world are we going to make it? What in the world are we going to do? And honestly, I want to tell you this morning, I heard a preacher say, I told my husband about it, I loved what he said, he said, we need a revival of sanity. We need a revival of sanity in this world, and not only in this world, but in the house of God. Come on, somebody. I pray that God will give us a revival of reverence 
and, and a reminder of how great our God is, not only in this world, but in the church house, because we as Christians are so busy coming up with our own battle strategies that we have lost focus of the purpose of God upon our lives. We get so lost in the troubles of this world and we get so lost in the, in the battles of this life that we have completely forgot to put on our armor. Matter of fact, we've gotten so lazy that we've laid it down and we have not picked it up. When I'm telling you there are lost and dying people out there, there are still people who need the Lord. The armor of God will protect you. The armor of God, I tell you what, when David went out to fight the giant, you better believe he had on the armor of God. The word says that he said, I don't fight this battle with might, and I don't fight this battle with power, but I come fighting this battle with my armor on in the spirit of God. Verse 16 in Ephesians 6, it says, above all. All of it is important. It says take on the whole armor of God, but it says above all, you're going to have to take up the shield of faith. Will you picture that with me this morning like a big shield? I wish I had one because, man, I love something, you know, to see something tangible. So I got my big shield this morning. I got a big shield. You almost can't see me, right? Can you picture it with me? My shield of faith. The shield of faith is so important, but I'm going to ask you this morning, what are you putting your faith in? Are you putting your faith in the fact that you can come up with the right words to say or the right strategy? Are you putting your faith in the right place when the enemy throws darts at you? Because I'm telling you, you can put on the shield of faith. You can take up the shield of faith and you can stand firm in the power of God. When the devil wants to lie to you, you can raise up the shield of faith. When the enemy wants to try to destroy you, you can raise up the shield of faith and you can stand firm on the words and the promises of God. I remember when our girls were little, and Jessica especially, Hannah did for a while, both of them. Don't you love when I talk about you in my sermons? It's so wonderful, I love y'all. But when my girls were little, they, they played softball. And if you have any children playing softball, uh, we went all the time, and it was some of the hottest days I have ever lived in my life. Like we went out to the ball field and it was hot, hot, hot sun. And we watched the babies play ball. And Jessica played travel ball, Hannah did too. Well, we, we were on the daredevils. It messed with the daredevils, come on now. And they played travel ball and you know, but the thing was when we went to the ball field to watch them babies play ball, they were young, like seven, eight years old. I'm gonna tell you the interesting part to see was the grown-ups. Oh Lord. You would have thought like one of them babies was going to get a million dollars. I mean, you would have thought that like the, the people that come out and get, get the star players were there to pick the next whatever, you know? I mean, it was something to see. Y'all know what I'm saying? You ever seen what I'm talking about? And when those young players went out on the field, the coaches and the parents, I'm gonna tell you right now, they wanted them, them players to be in position. It did not matter how young they were. It didn't matter how old they were. Like they didn't want them, them young and standing out there half-hearted and whistling and tying their shoes. They were like, get in place! 
Get in position like the ball is coming. Get ready for the play. Get ready to catch the ball. Get ready to win. Right? Y'all seen it? And even though some grown-ups took it a little bit extreme out there on the field, and I'm not here to point fingers, I may. I may have been a little rough, sorry. <laughs> like, hit the ball! But I'm gonna tell you right now, in life, it's important that you be in position. Right, because there's a fastball coming your way. There's like a play coming your way. And you got to be in position. You got to be ready. Like you cannot take this thing half-heartedly. You can't be there whistling and, oh, a bug flew by. Oh, look. There's a battle over here to fight that I got to figure out. I'm not going to let God fight this. I'm going to just stand over here in fear and anxiety. When the whole time God has said, get in position. Get in position, position yourself, stand, see, stand still and see the goodness of God. And I want to say to the young ones in the house today, my own girl, like people, the young, our Pulse ministry, any young people that are in the house today, I told you earlier, I didn't tell you my exact age, you know, but I'm in my 40s. And one thing I've learned in this life, I want to tell you, don't waste a single second of your life letting the devil have place in your life that is not rightfully his. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. Put on the armor of God. Stand firm in the promises of God over your life. The prayers you have prayed, hear it today from the Lord and know it, that he is working on your behalf. He is fighting the battle for you, and he is making be what is best for you. We cannot be half-hearted. It cannot be taken lightly. You cannot just stand by idly while the devil is killing, stealing, and destroying. You've got to stand firm. You've got to position yourself. Stand still in the faith and see the goodness of God. And I want to tell you this morning, and I feel very strongly about this, and I think we even uh, as children of God have forgotten this many times, and that is that in the middle of the battle, in the middle of positioning yourself, God has placed an anointing on every person in this house today who is a child of God. He has put an anointing on you. Look at your neighbor. I won't hear you say it because this tells me you're with me. You're getting it. Look at your neighbor and tell them you are anointed. You have an anointing on your life for great things in God. And it is only when we stop fighting in the natural, what God has called us and equipped us to fight supernaturally, that we're going to experience the victory. Did y'all get that? I'm like Pastor Steve now. I'm going to say it again. I'm not that afraid. I'm not going to say it again for the people in the back. I love the people in the back. Um, but we have got to stop fighting in the natural what God has called us and equipped us to fight supernaturally? Because we don't serve a natural God. And when I read to you about the armor in Ephesians 6, it said our battles are not natural. We don't wrestle each other. We wrestle high places, dark places. 
And we've got to fight it in the spirit. His limits are endless and he is right in all his ways. And God will anoint you. God has anointed you for the battle ahead. We see this all throughout the word of God. Moses was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Joshua was anointed. David was anointed. Solomon was anointed. And the list goes on and on. But there's one this morning that I definitely want to highlight for you. And I want to tell you about Jesus. Because Jesus was anointed. Trey, will you come up to the keys for me? Like, I feel like we need some music, you know? Get some music going. Jesus was anointed. Luke 4, 18 through 19. Follow with me on this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Did you know you can put your name there? God has anointed Lisa for everything that is coming in my life ahead. God has anointed you, Pastor Steve. God has anointed you, Rachel. God has anointed you, Anna. Hallelujah. God has anointed you, Miss Carmen. He's anointed you. He's equipped you. All you have to do is position yourself to see the goodness of God. You're anointed for the battle ahead. You're anointed for the victory ahead. You're anointed for your assignment ahead. You are anointed. And can I tell you that the anointing is what makes all the difference. Today, I honestly don't know if we value and understand the anointing like we should. I think most days we get up and we just simply hope that we can survive. But I want to remind you today that your life is more than that. Your life is worth so much more than that because you have been anointed for a purpose and nothing that has happened to you, nothing that is coming after today will change that anointing or will change the purpose that God has for your life, nothing. But when you understand the anointing that God has put upon your life, it'll change everything for you. How many of you have ever heard somebody sing, right? And they sing so beautifully. They sing right on key. And you're like, well, that was good. They sang really good. But then you hear somebody sing that is anointed, right? There's a difference, okay? You come and you hear somebody teach or preach or speak wherever. And they can say great words and they can say great thoughts and they can say the little hashtag phrases or whatever. They, those are great. Those are powerful and it's good. But then you go somewhere and you sit in the anointing of God. Can I tell you, there's a difference. Have you ever seen somebody? They're, they're at work and they're going around doing good things and really nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm thankful for that. It's, it's awesome. But then you come into contact with somebody who understands that no matter where God has put them, it might be at Walmart, it might be a bank teller, it might be emptying the trash can, I don't know what it is, but they understand that they have been put here on this earth and they have been anointed to do kingdom business. When you start being around that person and you start talking to that person, how many of you know there's a difference, right? It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a preacher, or if God ever puts a microphone in your hand, you're anointed. 
you're anointed for a purpose. And the Word says that God will give us the power to win. And I believe that this is so important for us, church, that we were not created and put here on this earth to focus on one battle after the other. We were not put here on this earth to live in a puddle of worry and defeat. We were created to worship the Lord, to look to God in all His might. We were put here and anointed by God to share the gospel. Come on, take that battle that you've gone through and turn it around. What's that song we sing? What the enemy tried to defeat. Uh, intended for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. You go through that battle, turn it around and give the devil a black eye and start to tell people, you know, the devil put my mama on her deathbed, but God sent in a prophet who prayed over her and raised her up and healed her. Hallelujah. God sent his son and made a way. And wouldn't it be sad to come to a place in eternity when God said, Lisa, what did you do with this life I gave you? And I just stood there and said, well, I fought one battle after the other. I tell you, it was hard, but thank God I got the victory. Because we're going to go through hard things, yes. I mean, some people, if you told your story today, you've gone through some hard things, some heart-wrenching things, but so did Jesus. And that's not to belittle what you're going through, but so did Jesus. And not only was he victorious, but he told us in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit, when, when he was dead, no life situation. He says to us today, church, that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us today. Luke 10, 19, he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So serpents and scorpions are symbols of spiritual enemies over which God has given us power. Therefore, all we have to do is pick up the shield of faith and believe for great things. There are several passages in the Bible, I'm gonna read three of them quickly, that refer to putting oil on the shield of faith. Listen to this really quick. Isaiah 21, 5. Get up, you officers, all the shields. 2 Samuel 1, 21. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, no longer rubbed with oil. Jeremiah 46, 3 says, Prepare your shields, both large and small, and march out for battle. In the King James Version of Isaiah 21, it replaces oil the shields with anointing the shields. It was believed that by anointing the shields, they were more slippery so that the arrows of the enemy might bounce off more easily. See, there's that anointing. When we walk out onto the battlefield, we need to make sure that we are walking in the anointing of God that God has placed upon your life. Are you with me? In Psalms 23, 2, David wrote, He anoints my head with oil. And David was a shepherd, and David understood because he knew in the physical what the anointing meant how much more powerful it was in the spirit. I don't know, maybe you've seen this on Facebook, 
I'm so sick of saying Facebook. Maybe you've seen this on Facebook or in a book. I don't know. I, I didn't come up with it, but it's biblical and it's good. And I'm going to remind you of it today. But it talks about when the shepherd was caring for the sheep. And he's caring for the sheep and he sees a sheep that is tormented with flies and tormented with bugs. And those things just come around and irritate and distract and make sick. It even says that these type of flies can lay eggs in the wool of the sheep and cause maggots. Awful, tormented. He takes up that sheep, the shepherd does, and he covers the body of the sheep with oil. He anoints the sheep with oil. And when he does that, it creates a shield. It creates comfort. It creates a victory for that sheep to know that no longer is he going to be tormented by those things that are coming at him. Praise God and thank you, Lord, for the anointing in our lives that protects us and gives us strength and calls us and gives us victory in all things. See, that's what God does for us. He takes us and he's anointed you. And when you take up that shield of faith and you step out in the anointing of God, I'm gonna tell you the devil is shaking in his boots and you don't have to continue to fight that battle over and over, but you can go out in the victory. Are you fighting a battle today? Is your load heavy? Maybe you're afraid of what's ahead. Stand with me this morning. Isaiah 10, 23 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Isaiah 10, 27 that we just read, I just read it to you, defines the anointing as the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. I do not know today if you forgot that you're anointed, but you have been anointed for a purpose that is greater than fighting one battle after the other a greater purpose. And listen, now, and we already know this, Pastor Steve preaches this all the time. You know, just because you live for the Lord doesn't mean you're not gonna have troubles. And just because you walk in the Spirit of God and the anointing doesn't take away trouble, but it gives you a life of victory through the storms. It keeps you focused on your purpose. God anoints anything and everything that He wants to use. I don't have time today, but I could take you through the Bible and show you where God would say, anoint this, anoint that. He, he anointed this person, that person, the people that he wanted to use and everything that he wanted to use for a purpose, he anointed it and he's anointed you. That's why he anointed you so that you could have strength to not just be caught up in the cares and the fiery darts from the devil, but to go out in the supernatural. Position yourself, stand still and see. Today, if you'll walk in the anointing, the Spirit of God, that will give you the strength you need to position yourself, stand still and see. I tell you, we serve a God that will pour in the anointing and He'll pour it in again and again and again.
Because see, on Monday that sheep was tormented with the flies and the bugs and the shepherd poured on the anointing. And it lasted for a while. But that shepherd went back out a week, a week or two later, saw that same sheep and said, oh, they're coming again. Let's pour on the anointing. Let's get you covered. Let's get you strong. See, that's why you're here today. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. You're not here just to stand in that pew, but you're here to receive from the Lord. You're here to receive power and strength from the Holy Spirit. You're here to even in just a moment be strong enough and be be like I am in my 40s and, and don't care what anybody thinks. You've got battles to fight and you've got a purpose to live. Get up here and, and get in the anointing. Get in the presence of God and get strong. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.